Welcome, welcome everyone to floor six of Corporate Courtney. This is your host, Courtney Johnson. And this week we're talking perception in the workplace. Now, I got a lot of comments about last week's episode. And for the most part, y'all were laughing at me for having to deal with that lady. But I'm a sicker on y'all and send her to your office so you get to have the pleasure of dealing with people with large tear ducts. It's safe to say if she was aware I had a podcast, she would probably have started a conversation with me about how ridiculous this girl was. She's so clueless that she probably has no idea that this is sorry around her, even though she's probably the only 30-something-year-old woman crying on people in the office place. But something I picked up from a lot of the comments that I did get about last week's episode is that a few of you guys don't know me on a personal level, which is fine. So I wanted to kind of give an explanation of how I see myself. I'm generally a bubbly person. I mean, just generically happy. Unless something's going on or you've done something to actually tick me off, my steady state is pretty happy, pleasing. You know, I'm one of those babies that they said, oh, she's a happy baby. Nothing bothers her. I think my grandmother even joked the other day with my mom that Courtney's never seen a day she didn't like, which isn't entirely true. But if you talk to me for a while and it's a generally pleasing day, then yeah, I'm going to come off as someone who doesn't let things bother them so much. And it's the perception I give off to others. You're not going to see that you took any kind of toll on me, period. But in the workplace, a lot of times, sometimes that kind of perception or air gives off a weak vibe. People tend to think that you're not serious or that you're too silly or that you're not taking things in a serious nature. And I would hate for something to be misconstrued. In the workplace, I want to make sure that people know that I'm about my business. And I want to make sure that I'm clear and concise so that communication is not ever an excuse for a reason that something doesn't get done. I'm typically on it. And if you're not on it, I'm gonna call you out about it. I don't sugarcoat a lot of stuff. I'm pretty direct. And I think that that takes away from any space to be able to say that there is a miscommunication. If I'm clear and I'm concise and I'm cutting out all the fluff, you know where I stand and what I need done. And there's no gray area for it. So what I expect to be done is done and if you expect something from me know that it will be done now this could seem a little bipolary but hey I don't have to explain myself to anyone I am who I am and then when everything is done and we got what we needed let's have a little fun let's joke around let's talk about the braves I mean I'm not a prude or a bore I'm generally fun and a little bit of a jokester but when it comes down to work heads down, knock the stuff out. I'm no bullshit. Just cut the fluff, get to it. 
And when I first started at this new job that I'm working at, I had this fantastic manager. He and I were on the same page. If you've ever taken a DISC assessment, we're both Ds. I'm more of an I first because I do like to have a little too much fun. But for the most part, I'm not talking to you about what you did over the weekend or or buttering you up before I come with a request. If I know I have something on my mind, I want to get to it and I get to it. And he was the same way. We flowed perfectly. If Courtney and this manager came in together, you knew things were getting executed. Boom, boom, bam. Then he left me. And I know he misses me, but he needed to go spread his wings and advance his career, which is fine. But we just had such a smooth operation. Now, my new manager is lovely. In fact, I have a female manager and a female senior manager. And then there's me, the senior product manager. So I love the boss bitch feeling in the office when we're together. However, she has her own woman problems that come in being a woman in corporate America and being in a, a woman in corporate America with a managing position. And unfortunately, she's let the environment that we work in control the way that she operates. Or maybe that's just really how she is. Who am I to say? I'm not in the business of judging others if I don't need to. But she's very, I don't want to call it doormat-like, but anything goes for her. You can ask for anything and she's going to bend over backwards to get it for you. Or she's going to play dumb to make sure that you feel like you're really educating her in the matter. Now, we're not going to talk about the fact that if you do get a chance to explain something, she's not going to try and overtalk you. That's for another episode on another day. But if you are educating her, she likes to let you feel in charge. And by you, I mean mostly men. I think more of the conversations we've had have been coming from men that she deems to be respectable or in higher positions with some sort of authority. And the clueless job is just not me. In fact, if you're playing dumb, I'm going to quickly gather you and make sure that we're all on the same page. I have 10 meetings a day, hour, 30 minutes. I don't have time to play dumb and I don't have time for other people not to do their job. So I make sure I come with it and I come with it concise. But that doesn't leave a lot of room for ego stroking. And for the last... 10 months that she's been my manager, we've had to have conversations about how I could make people feel like they're winning. That is my largest area of improvement to her. How can I make people feel like they've either come up with my idea or how to make them feel like they are on board and that they're walking away with a win as opposed to the general welfare for the company and the things that we're executing? You catch more flies with sugar than with vinegar. And to be quite honest, I don't know why we're catching flies. I thought we were all getting paid to come in and do the things that we were told to do and make sure that we're all on the same page. I mean, I'm down for collaboration, but why do I have to drag you along with me? If you are not doing what's the best for the welfare for our company and our space, then why are you in your position? There are plenty of qualified people who could get on board and do the things they need to do. I don't know why you need to personally feel like a winner to do that. No one's outright told me this, but 
I'm abrupt. I get it. No one wants to hear the cold hard facts. People like to feel special in the workplace, which comes from some sort of psychology that they need, that they get their validation from others. And so since this is now the workplace where you spend the majority of your time, you feel like you need to get your validation from there. But I'm not going to give you that advice for free because psychologists pay get paid a lot of money to give that free advice out. So I'm going to go ahead and keep that until I get my psychology degree. But to me, that doesn't change the fact that I have a job to do and I want to do it the way I want to do it. I'm not here to catch flies or make friends or even be in the right. If you don't like my approach to things, give me a different approach. Don't be stupid. Don't not do anything because you didn't like it. That doesn't behoove the company. And at the end of the day, I'm going to sleep just fine if you don't do it. You're just making everyone's job harder while we are working. But I get it. I'm abrupt and I could work on it. If that is what it takes for me to get glowing reviews at my end of year comp conversations, then honey, I'll catch all the flies you need me to do. But if it's actually performance-based and what I'm churning out and what kind of products we get going live and all of the things that I should be launching then honey, we need to be on the same page and we need to get it going. I'm a senior product manager. So I create the work and manage the workload for eight software developers. These engineers code what I tell them to, mostly how I tell them to, but in a collaborative space with other technical coding savants and UX or user experience artists who can explain or question how things are processed and what people who utilize that service would like to see and how they would execute on it. I am the middleman between the technology people and the business people. I have to be the best at both. And as a Renaissance woman or a jack of all trades, master of none, that works for me. And these eight software developers, I like to make sure that we're all on the same page and it's not a dictatorship. I like the team to have a team atmosphere. But at the end of the day, I'm the one judged for what we're pushing out and how we go to launch. Those eight engineers, though, do have a people manager who specializes more in IT-based things. They are old software engineers who have decided that people managing is more their speed. And God love them because I don't want to do annual reviews for other people or have you whining to me about how you need to take off vacation because your cat broke its leg. I generally don't care. I get to focus on the work and get the work done. But with a space where you have two managers, some of that gets blurred. And I don't mind people venting to me and coming up to me because I don't have to action on any of it. However, when it gets in the way of us being able to execute on something, I I lay the hammer down. I talk straight and I make sure it gets done. But there was this one morning and my engineers were finding any and every excuse not to have to do something. And I finally had it and I let them know straight off the jump. If we don't execute this and get this into production by end of day, I'm going to escalate this and we'll have some other people get in board and you can explain your your problems or your holdups or whatever hurdles that you're getting through that don't seem legitimate to VPs and we can see what we can do to move those blockers for you. Then all of a sudden, they didn't really have these problems so bad that they couldn't get these 
things done by the timeline that I've laid out. And we would see what would happen around one o'clock. From my perspective, I had done my job. I had removed whatever scenario or environment that they felt like they didn't need to actually get their stuff done and called out that they are, if they are really having problems, I have no problem escalating it and getting those hurdles removed. That's my job. But their Johnny come lately people manager finally showed up one day and heard the conversation. Now, this man, he's got to be early 40s, privileged white boy with great hair, went to Florida. And y'all know as of all how I really feel about people who went to Florida. I try to give people the benefit of the doubt and they can't always control where they go to school. But sometimes they live up to being from the swamp. I'm just playing. But he is generally a douchebag. So he plops himself down next to me in my space and he asks me, how are you feeling today? Now, I've been done with the conversation for a minute, so I've moved on. So I was like, I'm doing great. This morning has been fantastic. You know, they have the creamer that I wanted in the break room and the sun is shining. I'm having a good day. And then he leans in just ever so slightly and goes, oh, okay. well, you seem a little feisty, grumpy, cranky. And I was like, no, I'm I'm feeling fine. He was like, yeah, that. That conversation sounded a little, a little dark. And it took all of me not to go, who are you to say I'm grumpy, cranky, and feisty? How come when I get serious and I cut the bullshit, all of a sudden I have to be in some foul mood to make it happen? Had my old manager, who was a young man, had said any of what I had said, there wouldn't be a conversation. In fact, that people manager would have said, is there anything I can do to push these engineers along or do you need assistance to get what you need done? But when it came to me, young female and black, I had to be some sort of negative adjective to be serious about the work that we need to get done. So I told him, no, I was feeling fine. And hoping that he would move on. But no, he continued on and it got much worse. Well, I saw you getting sassy with the engineers and wanted to make sure that there was nothing going on. And maybe that you wanted to talk about something that may be going on personally. And instead of blowing up at him, I said, no, I'm perfectly fine. I think that the conversation went well. And I think I made myself very clear on where I stood. And I think things will move smoothly. But if you have a word for the engineers on how to get them going, please feel free to talk to them. When what I really wanted to say to him was, who the hell do you think you are? You are not my manager. So if you have a problem with the way that I just spoke to anyone, then you need to bring it up with my manager. And I'm hoping she tells you, you can shove it where the sun don't shine. Now, granted, she would never say that because like I've already mentioned, she's the lovely lady and things are always sunny and new and she'll talk to me and see what's going on. Then come to me and bitch about how he approached her in some mansplaining scenario as if nothing can be fixed or changed by her who's in a leadership position to tell him he needs to stay in his lane. So now I got to be the grumpy, feisty one of Snow White's seven dwarfs, but He could have said it and everything would have been, he knows how to get stuff turned around. There's no cutting the shit with him. He's going to make sure things happen. Why isn't that the same expectation for me? 
Just because I'm 20-something and black and female, I can't be serious about the work that we need to get done or not allow these older men to push me around to get out of doing the work that they know they need to be doing. Regardless of whether I was abrupt, it has nothing to do with how I manage my team and get the, the work that I expect done. And coming to me on a personal level, like you're my father of some sort, to try and make sure that everything is going well in my personal life or that I'm not getting overly emotional about something else and not being able to direct how I truly feel in the right place is insulting. I know how to separate my personal life from my work life. And if I truly had something going on in my life, did he really think that we were close enough to where he was going to fix it? Or was this his best veiled way of telling me that I was out of line? Either way, it wasn't his lane to be in to do so. And my thoughts, because I'm young and black and a female, he thought, how dare I get this angry black woman persona on these men who report to him? My old manager talked to people and my engineers way worse than that. In fact, sometimes downright degrading. And that's where a line should have been crossed and maybe other managers should be brought in. But nothing I said should have warranted, one, the conversation that I had, or two, the names that he decided to give me. And when do we ever hear white men call other white men feisty, grumpy, sassy, or anything of the nature? Those are always things that are left for women when they're trying to get shit done. And at the end of the day, my engineers finally figured out how to do whatever they thought they couldn't do, and they got it done, and it went off without a hitch. So I'm getting praised for a launch that we've now accomplished in a timely manner, but it's murdered in the fact that now I'm second-guessing how I spoke to people to get it done. And I'm new to this, I haven't been in a managing position very long. It is quite possible I needed to check myself and see what I was saying or if it rubbed anyone the wrong way. So now I'm taking time out of my day to crowdsource my engineers to say, hey, did you feel like that conversation went in a sour way? Which none of them thought did. They were able to say, no, we understood. We we figured out all of our problems and we're good to go. And now I'm having to take time out of my day to go to my managers and be like, hey, I've had this encounter with the IT manager and I just want to make sure that you guys were aware of it so that nothing comes up from it. And you know what? They saw no problem with it either. So now instead of doing what I need to do to make sure that my actual job is being done, I'm wasting time second guessing myself and second guessing situations because male fragility had to be brought into the conversation. And this wasn't a one-time thing. This is just an example. I often have to be in meetings where people don't think that I should be as serious as I am or as stern as I am to get the things done. And for the most part, other women feel the need to butter people up and work around their egos to make sure things happen. And I personally just don't believe that that's how things should get done. We don't have time in the workday to get it done like that. And I'm not spending extra hours outside of my 40 anymore trying to make sure that things are clear and concise because I spent the day muddying it up with being lovely and kind. There is a way to do it. 
I'm sure that there's a great balance of being able to say things where people do feel like they win. And I'll work on it. But no one's making men reevaluate how they attack and approach getting things done efficiently. In fact, they're rewarded for it. And I know that goes to a lot of women conversations that are being had now about mansplaining and how things get done. But there's an extra layer to it when you're a black woman because you're always trying to avoid that angry black woman stereotype or trope that people want to put on you. And you're always trying to second guess or balance how that looks to people. But when you do that, the work suffers. You're not fully focused on actually executing. And that can hinder you and your success. And that's not something that other men have to balance or or think about. Even black men, they can be as clear and concise as they want to be. And they're considered leaders and bosses. Women do it and they're considered a bitch. Black women do it and their personal lives and their always angry demeanor seems to get in the way. But nothing about me screams angry. I'm actually generally a lovely person. In fact, people always tend to make all my comments or about the strengths I have is how I build relationships and how people love to be around me. I'm a warm person and people feel like they can trust me. And unfortunately, people feel like they can tell me anything. So it's really more of a weakness to me, but a strength in the eyes of people in the workplace. So if I am being stern and if I am being serious, maybe it's because there is a reason. Maybe there's something that we need to gain by actually focusing and not worrying about whether I'm upset and to just do the job that we're being paid to do. So it doesn't matter how nice or sweet or how many times I do make you feel like it's a win when it's time for me to be serious It's always going to be muddied in some idea that there's something else going wrong or that you don't have to take it seriously because it's coming from a black woman and they're always angry. And that that makes my day harder and that makes my job harder. And they don't give me extra money for having to deal with your preconceived notions about black women in the office space. In fact, I'm probably getting paid less than everyone in my position that I'm doing this for. So that ain't it. And I'm definitely not doing the extra work for free. And it gets old and I'm tired of it. And I hate having to push down my emotions about the feelings so that I don't come across even more angry. The fact of the matter is when he called me all those names and wanted to make sure that there was nothing personal going on, I wanted to put him in his place, but I was only going to perpetuate the idea that he already had in his head. I had to then reassess how I was going to proceed with that conversation and make everything rosy and cheery for him. I had to then pretend I was doing something that I wasn't. And that's harder and it takes a toll and it takes away the authenticity that I need to have to make sure that I'm really still being myself at the end of the day. Because when you consistently try to pretend that you're something that you're not, you lose yourself in that. And I don't want to lose who I am just because of somewhere I work. That's not my whole life. So yeah, I'm about done with white men in the office as about most other white women and black women are. Shoot, really anybody. But I think that there's a layer to it that doesn't get 
talked about in these feminist conversations about when you're a black woman in those positions as well. And that's all I got for you. If you've been a black woman in a leadership role or some sort of authority, but it's always being muddied by how people perceive how nice and how sweet it comes off, or you feel like you've had to change who you are just to be able to speak on things that you know need to be executed on, let me know your story. Send it to me at underscore corporate court on Instagram and Twitter or the corporate Courtney podcast at gmail.com. And that's all I've got for you this week. Please make sure that you tune in for next week's episode so we can go to floor seven together. And even if you have other ideas for other episodes, please shoot those to me on social media and the email address. And as always, toodles.